Happy New Year. Here's a new podcast episode. My New Year's resolution is try to get away with it this time. Thank you to Scribbles and Carlo for your support. Hello and welcome to the Polybad Podcast, a podcast which is definitely bad. I'm Pencil. I'm Paper. That was high energy. Do not take that as what the energy level is going to be today. But today's probably bad RPG idea is all archetypes in the invisible clergy aren't cosmic or global archetypes, but TV tropes, character tropes. Okay, so... Just to explain this, because I was asked to explain what the fucking invisible clergy is. Yeah, um, when when I picked out the idea from the Probably Bad Archive, I did look up what it was. That was December. It's from the RPG Unknown Armies. Essentially, when an archetype like the father or the mother or the revolutionary or so forth gets enough um, psychic energy behind it, it becomes a deity in the setting. There's a lot of more, like, complex lore stuff, but that's the basic idea. So it's a little bit of, like, a Discworld Gods thing, like, enough people believe it, and then it's like, ah, okay. Yeah, enough people hold an archetype important that it, like, someone ascends to become it. So what if instead it was the fucking crowning moment of awesome deity? I mean... Given how obsessed people are with tropes, whether they love them or somehow want stories that don't contain them, I think mm. it does kind of make sense that if the invisible clergy were a thing, there would be tropes ones. I just I just want the idea of like every every trope having like its own weird little deity. Like, you've got the big ones, which are like, ah, the complete monster and their magnificent bastard. And they've got, like, the deity of cars explode when you shoot them. The god of the rocky roll call. Ascended to heaven and has spent the last 30 years doing that with every single other deity. Uh, It's not able to interact with the world. It just does that. The only thing it can say is its own name. Hmm. Like... Because the other thing with this is in Unknown Armies, uh, one of the two magic types is you can intentionally act according to an archetype in order to channel its powers. Um, And so I presume if you just make your life as tropey as possible, you can get magic. So it just turns into the game straight to VHS. Yeah. Like, I I do love this idea. I mean, when we played that, I did play a skateboarding drug dealer who fought a werewolf so I'm kind of into this as a mm. as a setting. Do you weirdly the idea of someone who like gains magic based on how cliched their life is? <laughs> Which I think is how archetypes work in like the game but this one is more like narratively like yeah sadly if my life features a subversion of a common uh, common trope then I lose my powers. So everyone make sure not to say anything politically or socially commenters. Commenters is not a word. It is now. (laughs) So what you're saying is the longer that this character's girlfriend slash wife lives, the weaker they become as as they continue to not be fridged. 
the deity of fridging people is probably like <laughs> very unpleasant. Just kills off every interesting woman that they come across. It's me, the gay barrier. Um Villains. Yeah, yeah, Some of the have... villains are uncomfortable tropes, which makes a lot of the villains highly racist. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's part of my oath with the gods that I'm a massive bigot. Which I think <laughs> again actually does describe a lot of real life um people. Yes, yeah, just sometimes the gods are a Puritan American interpretation of the God of the Bible. We keep doing accidental social commentary, which is probably really undermining our ability to draw on the archetypes of like. What if there was a giant mech? We're just yeah, really that's... socially commentous. Yeah, that's the point. You have like presumably like because you got some of it makes sense, but then you've got like. Ah, yes, the deity of people who have electric powers tends to be evil. Okay. Sure. If that comes up. <laughs> the god of fire powers come from childhood trauma. This gives every orphan the ability to cast fireball. That's you said the idea. Every orphan has. has just been given the ability to cast fireball at will. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> Important information, your name's Will. Hi, Will. I think our friend Will does listen sometimes. Hi, Will. Uh, sorry for sending hundreds of orphans after you. The trouble is it's going to be a self-replicating cycle because the more orphans can hurl fireballs, the more orphans there will be. I mean, who the orphans hurl fireballs at, if it's not at parents, or if it's only True. at one parent. Will. The orphans are the ones fridging the women. <laughs> They go around casting fireballs at happy wives and mothers, leading to sad dads who then traumatize their children, who then gain more firepowers. I just imagine you like <laughs> you bursting the door in and going, "By God, the orphans are the ones fridging the women!" Like a scene <laughs> in like a B movie. This is the big twist. We never. This is my new them. sci-fi original movie. <laughs> We never thought to suspect the fireball orphans. Inside the house. <laughs> the fire was coming from inside the orphan. <laughs> but yes, you've got the problematic tropes. You've got the completely unrealistic tropes. I feel like like I feel like you could genuinely have some interesting things with like Deities that embody different genres of fiction are trying to make, like, this one's trying to make the setting a superhero story, and this one's trying to make the setting a horror story, and so forth. God of Femme Fatale would be a really interesting character. I think that one is canonically one of the Unknown Army ones. Okay, but are they friends with the God of Strong Female Characters, who uh, occasionally no, argue <laughs> over who who belongs to who? You have to go, like, before the Trial of the Gods to determine if you're more sexy or strong and it's a perfect microcosm of being on the internet. The two genders. Yeah. In my setting, there are only two character classes, sexy and strong. One, that would be a good, you know, the, the millions of honey house tax where it's like, yeah. 
more towards one or the other. Every action is either sexy or strong. But the other thing that I was going to say, which was what I was going to say when I started the sentence and then distracted okay. myself, um, because my brain is spicy, was I like the idea of a campaign in this setting in which you're trying to subvert tropes in order to mm. reduce the amount of superpower, which is largely doing things like trying to stop the evil billionaire from winning the election and things like that. But occasionally it's just like, we need to figure out what is causing all of these cars to explode. Like there's a whole group of characters who are just trying to improve automotive safety to reduce the number of explosive car crashes. Like, so the way I was thinking this is like, you presume you got some kind of setting wherein what fiction becomes popular becomes like a really big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I, I feel this genuinely interesting thing there of like, you're trying to like ensure that stories are told in a safe way while the stories try to fight you. And the issue I'm getting with this is it does get increasingly like a game where you're role-playing the MCU. We need to make it so fiction has nothing like interesting or innovative in it, or it will feed dark gods. Okay, but... So there's superhero fatigue. And mm. there was a point where people all just got really sick of cowboy movies. Yeah. So maybe what they do is they produce more media in whatever genre is popular until it reaches oversaturation and people get sick of it, and then those tropes don't work anymore. The ultimate goal is to produce fiction uh, fiction fatigue, where everyone gets tired of reading stories and just reads textbooks. All I'm saying is, where do you think all of the terrible Hunger Games alikes came from? Absolutely. Mm. Capitalism is the natural defense against stories is like is one of those sentences that's surprisingly hard to refute. It's one of those sentences that sounds deep until you think about it. Yeah. Like most of the things I say, for example, the orphans are the ones fridging the women. <laughs> I'm not sure that one sounds deep. But maybe I just thought about it too quickly. Yeah, to quote Socrates. <laughs> He just woke up in a sweat one night, said it. No one understood what he meant, so it was forgotten to history. Socrates' less well-known book of philosophical gibberish. <laughs> I would read the hell out of that. What if the platonic forms had tits? Um. What if we could make them less platonic, if you know what I mean? <laughs> We heard about platonic forms, now how about the romantic forms? Oh, the sexual forms. I don't know why I've made, like, I've just established Socrates was trying to bang God, but... I don't think that's trying to bang God, it's trying to bang archetypes. True, yeah, so okay, so in this setting... (laughs) He wants to bang the reluctant hero. Maybe that will make him a bit less reluctant. Unless that's what they're reluctant to do. Mm. You're going to seduce the hero. You're going to choose the chosen one, if you know what I mean. 
I'm not 100% sure I do. If you know what I mean. Um, okay, so we've now gone to your quest is to find all of the deities and bang them. I think that's the point where we should move from quests to questions. Last time on Tales of Mortera. Awesome. 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 We can't like tread upon <laughs> our we steal. I thought she was going to try and, and surf on the horse. Get, get dead? You want to kill me? I'm a wizard. I've always got plans. Tales of Mortera, an actual play podcast. Available wherever you're listening to this right now. Our first question is anonymous. My party had a TPK. What's a probably bad way to keep the same characters for next campaign? Simulator. I, I kind of want to stop there. We should give more uh, explanation, like more commentary. Okay, so there's the stages of decay. Yeah. Everyone knows the stages of decay. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> so those those are those are your level ups. So you need to do things like attract the tritivores to your corpse. I like you, Sorry, you I like play as your ghost hmm. and you're trying to summon the tritivores and keep your body well oxygenated so that you decompose faster. I like the implication that decay is something corpses, like, actively do. Like, it's not a thing that happens to them, like, the corpses willfully, like, ensure... Like, mummified corpses just live in a state of perpetual disappointment. The only reason that bodies rot is that we don't have enough self-control to decide not to. When I die... And I have an archaeology degree, so you have to believe me. When I die, I'm just not going to decompose R.I.P. everyone else, but I'm different. (laughs) Actually, just just don't die. Like, the GM's like, oh yeah, all your players die. No, they didn't. All your players die? (laughs) It was a really bad TPK. Like, you know, like, no, they didn't. Everyone's fine. I'm rocking back up playing the same character and no one can stop me. Is that is that your better idea than Rot Simulator? Um, I feel you could combine them. Like, you play Rot Simulator as a compromise. <laughs> like, ultimately, I guess you can go to the afterlife, you can be resurrected, you can just, like, get better. You know, you took took some aspirin, you're fine now. You could play as ghosts. Yeah. Like I don't I don't know what system you're playing, but I feel like a lot of systems do allow for ghosts, and if yeah, they don't now have they ghosts do. In them. Um you just glue your head back on. Like resurrection's easy, you just stick the body back together with glue. <laughs> don't know why. Ah, I'm you've so... been watching Doctor Stone. I don't know why everyone's so hung up about it. I've been resurrected three times just today. They were called breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I feel one of us has a profound misunderstanding of what eating is, but I'm not sure which one. We cannot know without an impartial third party. If we get a million Patreon listeners, uh, I will die on live stream, and we can see if I get resurrected. You play as your ghosts. 
and you're trying to find someone who can cast resurrection mm. and you can't communicate with them directly because you're ghosts mm. but you have to like steer them towards your corpses so they can there's, I feel there's, there's almost certainly some in the RPG where like you can't act you can just like give messages to another character like NPC who acts on your behalf that would have to be a game where you really got on with a DM. Yeah. Your DM's just like, no, the quest giver just goes to bed every time you ask. Fuck you. That was a really beautiful and poignant speech you made, full of interesting metaphors. Unfortunately, this NPC takes everything entirely literally. Unfortunately, this NPC can't be asked. Yeah, it would need a lot of roll like roll to make them be asked. Roll to roll ask. To... Yeah, roll to ask the NPC. Going in the title. <laughs> so yeah, actually, okay, yes, yeah, so there you go. To deal with your TPK, just roll to ask until you come back from the dead. Yeah. Our second question is also anonymous. How much history do I need to give my setting to make it feel real? At least 2.5 million years. Mm. Like, ideally, you would have the full evolutionary history of every single species on the planet. Think, alternately, five minutes. Everything before that is lost to time. Everyone in the entire setting has amnesia and also is illiterate. Mm. So no one knows what happened. Yeah. Like, maybe the setting just came into existence 30 seconds ago. It's just probably an interesting setting to have. Yeah, it's nothing to do with you not having planned it or anything like that. You just wanted to give your players a challenge. Yeah. Like, to give an actual answer to the question, because I feel that sometimes we should remember we're technically an advice podcast. I think Bad it's... idea. <laughs> like, well, first you actually do genuinely like everything came into existence 30 seconds ago, there's no past, everything is being made as we speak. But I think, like, in terms of history, you probably don't want too complex and long a history, partly because that's a lot of time and effort, and partly because it's probably not going to come up much. Like, if you just have an idea of the stuff that have happened, and then sort of wing it generally as like, ah, if you just go, yeah, this is from the war of whatever. Yeah, if you have, like, I guess the big important beats of the last maybe, like, two or three lifetimes, and then a little bit more complex of, like, what has happened in the last year? Yeah. Alternately, just, like, make up every moment of history for the last 2.5 billion years, write it all down. Create a superintelligence that can fully simulate your fictional world. 
You could get your players to each come up with the history of one country and then set it in an additional country. Mm. You get your players to come up with the history of one country, completely ignore what they say, and then make up your own better history. I mean, everyone has had the player that ignores everything about the setting to make their own cool OC character, right? Yeah, actually, that's a fair point. Just, just play just with... flip it, flip reverse it. Yeah. Um, cool backstory. I'm ignoring all of it. I've made it all non-canon. Every time your player is like, "Ah, oh, my character's a paladin," like, no, paladins don't exist. Actually, to be fair, I have had that kind of GM as well. Yeah. Um. So I think the le- like you can get away with not making a lot of history if you play with awful people. Um. I think is what we're getting at. So have you considered that? Potential actual advice. Come up with just some absolute basics on the current state of the world. Yeah. Let everyone come up with their backstories. And then tie each of those backstories into a new historical event you've just thought of. Um, okay. Yeah. Like, I feel like the way I build settings is often I wait till my characters have built themselves that's not how that works i sat there staring at character sheets waiting for them to spontaneously fill themselves in i mean it's gonna happen eventually right that's chaos theory or something yeah i yeah first i wait like a trillion trillion years for random chance to create a character sheet then once everyone has character sheets then i sort of make the setting around them in in the last game i started it's a historical game, and one of the characters wanted to be uh, a World War One, uh, like a fighter plane veteran. You keep referring to it as the characters. Like the player was was it different, but the character, <laughs> yeah, fully formed as a fighter plane veteran. Yeah, again, do you, do you, is this not how you make characters by sitting in an empty room waiting for random chance to create sapient beings? Um, but anyway, yeah. So the player wanted to be a World War One veteran. And then it turns out I'd misremembered the date and World War One hadn't happened yet. So we did have to alter history a bit. Um, so that's another way of doing it. Just if you make a mistake, just go, no, World War One happened 10 years earlier. Just fudge history. It's fine. Yeah. You know, when when did when did the samurai stop being a thing? Doubt anyone knows. Just say it was at the point your story happens. I say doubt anyone knows. I'm pretty sure someone knows. But I love because I I love that you you have taken my actual advice and made it more probably bad by setting it in the real world. Yeah. Yeah, it is probably easier if like the players can't just Google when samurai stopped being a thing. I like the idea of with the World War One veteran. They are still a World War One veteran from the correct time, mm. but they got sent back in time several years, and it just doesn't come up. Yeah, just establish some of your characters are time travelers. Um, some of them from alternate histories. Also, I think you can say they are a World War One veteran just in the other direction, and then I realize that doesn't really make sense. The concept. You're buttoning, but like. Temporarily. Yeah, like, 
I'm traumatized by the fact that in five years I'm gonna like be in a war. Their poor mother. There's there's like there's probably some interesting thing with like the ability to see the future there if you're like oh. See, I was thinking less that and more watching this child get younger and younger until eventually you have to give birth in reverse. Hmm. Yeah, no, that is unpleasant. Hmm. I don't this know is... if Nick's going to edit that bit out for unpleasantitude, but it's sure a thing I've said today. Edit out and replace it with, a, with a, like, another more unpleasant uh, section. This is what happens when I have meetings at lunchtime. It just throws everything off. When I have meetings at lunchtime, I start giving birth backwards. Taking birth. Taking birth. Um. Uh, eighteen seventy-seven was the last samurais that we know of. True, there could be secret samurais. Flying fighter jets who World War One. I mean, if there were young, if there were like a brand new samurai, say like 20 in 1877, (laughs) they could potentially then go on and and be in World War One. Especially if World War One happened like 20 years earlier, because I misremembered the date my game was set. Yeah. Like anyone could be a veteran in World War One if I just change when World War One happened. It actually always has been and always will be. <laughs> like, there's a new World War One every year. <laughs> this, again, this is this sounds like a sounds very deep, and then you think about it. Yeah, I guess. Like, it, it comes funny. It's like, yeah, your characters are bronze, like you know, Bronze Age scholars, but they did fight in the trenches of the Somme. Anyway, it's fine that way around though, because that's just immortality. Yeah. Which is presumably also how they survived the Somme. Hmm. Not the World War One heavy episode. <laughs> well, it was a heavy war. Yeah, and it is happening right now, as established. So on that note, like, thanks for listening. Yes, Patreon, we have one of those. We do. It's... As I mentioned, if we get a million patrons, I'll die. It's probably bad RPG ideas, um, where as well as hastening pencils and timely death, um, you could get access to homebrew bonus episodes, games, and a Discord server. And if you have a question, you can message probably bad RPG ideas on Tumblr or probably bad podcast at gmail.com or yell at us. At bad probably on blue sky. And, and remember, remember to have a probably, have a probably, bad, probably bad day. Bad day.